1: New research from Curtin University over in Perth has recently been released, taking a look at the heat regulation that takes place in West Australian echidnas. Dr. Christine Cooper and her team utilized thermal vision to discover how these echidnas deal with a strong heat present in the region. Their methods are very unique, often utilizing the complex tasks of blowing snot bubbles and doing belly flops to keep cool. It's currently uncertain whether or not these methods would work with, for humans. I had a chat with Dr. Cooper to learn more about her studies and echidnas in general?
0: We found that echidnas can tolerate higher ambient temperatures than what they're supposed to be able to and we think that one of the mechanisms that contributes to this is that they can use thermal windows to dissipate heat and evaporative windows to also help lose heat by evaporative cooling. Uh,
1: What prompted you to go into this research?
0: Echidnas are monotremes that are supposed to have really low thermal tolerance but they live all over the Australian continent including the arid areas that have really extreme temperatures and there has been some work that's demonstrated that they probably can tolerate higher temperatures than what they're supposed to be able to but there hasn't really been a mechanism for how they can do this and I had a PhD student who was working in the lab on echidnas looking at their um, response to temperature in terms of their metabolism and their evaporative water loss and she noticed that when it got hot they would blow bubbles through their nose at a higher frequency than normal so then we thought perhaps that was facilitating evaporative cooling and then more recently we had an opportunity to thermally image wild echidnas in the field where they're going about their daily foraging and we noticed that their nose tip was really cold so this bubble blowing technique seems to be cooling the tip of their nose and because they've got a big blood sinus underlying that tip as the uh, water evaporates it cools the blood.
1: Another part of it that was uh, released in the research was that they also tend to use belly flops. How does that help them stay uh, cool?
0: Uh, Yes, so that is about um, dissipating heat as well, so cooling. So their ventral surface is um, quite bare. They don't have any spines. They've got really quite sparse fur in the West Australian echidnas, and that means that they can use that area as a thermal window. So that area is poorly insulated and they can lose heat through it. So if they can go and lay on a cold surface, then they can lose heat by conduction to that cold surface. So if they go and sit in a shady area on the ground, they can push their ventral surface on the ground and lose heat that way
1: so how has the process of using thermal vision helped this discovery out
0: it's a really neat way of measuring the surface temperature of an animal without having to impact on the animal so we were able to use a telephoto lens on our thermal camera so we could measure the tip the temperature of the tip of the snout from a distance of up to 20 meters away Um, so the animal could be doing its own thing in the field without being disturbed and we could just film it from a distance and get those temperatures of an animal that's behaving naturally
1: Would the echidnas uh, being disturbed or being in a more, say, like uh, lab type space or in an enclosure, would that have affected your research in any way?
0: It sometimes can because the animal's response to their environment will change. So if an animal is stressed or being handled, then it's going to change its blood flow, it's going to change its ventilation, its metabolism, so that can impact on its thermal imaging. And also an animal in an enclosed space, if you've got an animal in the laboratory, it's not experiencing the same environmental temperature as an animal outside. So for example, it can't dissipate heat to the sky, it can't radiate heat, Um, it's not getting the same um, convective heat loss from wind flow. So studying animals in the field lets us know how they actually interact with their environment.
1: And speaking of environment, have you had any research into how it changes between different environments into the colder or warmer parts of Australia?
0: No, that would be a really interesting study to do is to go and do the same sorts of thing in other parts of Australia, particularly in the southern areas where their echidnas um, are quite different. They've got fewer spines and they're much furrier and to compare their surface temperatures in those sorts of environments. But um, during her study, my PhD student Justine was able to to measure the physiology of Tasmanian and West Australian echidnas and she did find um, some differences and some similarities between them.
1: Do you think that these sorts of methods or these sorts of issues that echidnas have only apply to that animal or are any other uh, rodents or any other Australian animals uh, likely to use these same more sort of like inward methods to keep themselves cool as well?
0: No, so terrestrial animals always have to exchange heat with their environment. So all animals have an inevitable heat exchange. It's how they can manipulate that heat exchange that's really important. So terrestrial species are going to need to evaporate Um, water to lose heat once the environmental temperature is higher than their body temperature um, because they can't use any other method Um, but it's how they use that evaporation so some species will sweat some pant, some lick some just increase their cutaneous um, or decrease their cutaneous resistance but echidnas have this really unique way of using their nose tip as an evaporative window
1: Is there anything that echidnas can do, say, with each other, with their relationship with other echidnas that can help them stay cool or anything like that?
0: They are supposed to be solitary, but they do tend to um, congregate together in some areas and we don't really know why they do that. So there's some rock caves and things where we might find lots of individuals there and we don't know whether they're going there to huddle together to um, conserve heat, whether it's reproductive or some other social function. We don't really know why they do that. But when they're out and about foraging, they're usually solitary unless they're in a mating train when they're reproductive.
1: Are there any other ways that they tend to stay cool that we haven't discussed? Yet.
0: They use behaviour. so most animals given the opportunity will behaviourally thermoregulate so they're obviously going to avoid adverse conditions if they can. So echidnas tend to be much more active in at night in the summertime and more active during the daytime in the winter. So they can modify their behaviour to try and exploit more favourable environmental conditions and most animals will do that if they have the opportunity.
1: Part of this uh, does part of this conversation is kind of linked to the changing climate and how it's affecting Australia and its wildlife. Have these, uh, Has the way that Akin is having living in Australia changed dramatically over the past few years, or is it more so just slow adaptations to
0: their new surroundings and new climate? So one of the challenges with climate change is that it's happening quite quickly and so there's questions about whether species will have the capacity to either adapt um, or um, respond plastically to those changes. So echidnas are very long-lived and they have relatively slow reproductive rates so their capacity for adaptive change is uh, much less than species that reproduce much more quickly. Um, so adaption is a bit of a challenge but we don't really understand their plasticity so we don't know how much sort of physiological um variability that there is in the populations we know there's differences between the different populations but one thing that we need to consider is how plastic some populations are and how responsive they can be to different climates
1: it's really interesting how it seems like uh echidnas are an animal that not many people know much about has it been kind of just one of the sorts that is kind of hard to understand in general
0: Echidnas are really cryptic and they're not easy to come across. So we're really fortunate here that we have a study site where echidnas are abundant and are easy to find, um, but they're not always that, that easy to get hold of. Um, saying that, however, they are widely distributed and they're probably one of the best studied monitorings because they are relatively accessible. But so many of our native fauna, um, there's so many questions to ask about them um, and still to, to investigate.
1: So lastly just with back to the changing climate, um, are echidnas at all at risk of any forms of extinction or just becoming more and more unhealthy due to the changing climate or are they kind of in a state where they'll probably be okay and be able to adapt over time even if it is a bit slower?
0: Because they have such a wide geographical range and they're tolerant of so many different climates, they're probably one of the species that we're least concerned about at the moment in general, but that doesn't mean that there may be regional um, impacts on their distribution and abundance. So particular populations or areas um, may be impacted by climate change and that may not um, impact the species as a whole, but echidnas do have important ecological roles. So, for example, their digging is really important for turning over the soil and um, dealing with soil structure and um, plant growth. And therefore, if we were to lose echidnas from particular areas, this could have flow on effects to the environment.
1: Is there anything that uh, people at home can do to support uh, both your own efforts and just generally echidna and I guess more general Australian wildlife um, as a whole?
0: Yes, so um, obviously we need to limit habitat destruction and limit climate change. So all those steps that we can take to preserve remaining habitats for species and to limit impacts of climate change are are really important.
1: That was Curtin University's Dr Christine Cooper chatting about how Australian echidnas keep cool.
0: And I wish some of your dozy mates in the media and, and got a fix on their job and started being reporters and journalists, not editorialists and analysts, which they're not qualified to do. Uh, prison company accepted, of course. Oh, yeah. That was a 95BFM podcast. Support 95BFM with a B card. Go to 95BFM.com slash sign up.